Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's unedited podcast, episode number 25. <coughs> Excuse me. So today's a big one. Um, my final 2021 NFL mock draft. Uh, usually, I already have the mock draft filled out. Um, and I'll just go list, I'll just list each pick. Today I'm going to do it live on the podcast. I have the team needs ready. Um, give a reason why I think this will happen from what I'm hearing. Uh, from what I, you know, a little bit will be what I think is going to happen also, but most of it's going to be from what I'm hearing because I want to try to be correct on these picks. Um, then we'll, uh, today we'll start off with NBA, just a few headlines, um, and then uh, favorites in each conference to make the finals. My updated top 15 2021 NBA draft prospects, soccer, little soccer talk, combat sports headlines, and some fight card predictions for PFL 2021-2 and UFC Fight Night on ESPN 23. Then we'll do a little who would you take as your quarterback. Saw this little list of six or 12 quarterbacks. They put two and two together kind of around the same, you know, where they kind of value them at. And then we'll do those six, and then we'll get into the NFL. A few headlines. Who are three teams most likely to trade it for a quarterback? And then we'll obviously do the mock draft. So a few headlines. Uh, star players see the Knicks as a big-time free agency destination again. Um, New York show, I hope I'm glad. And LeBron tweeted the best. It's The NBA is better when New York is good at basketball. And they are. Both New York teams. Brooklyn and the Knicks on top. One and four right now. Could be a second-round matchup. Be awesome if they played. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I didn't really see a list. I just heard that there's star players that are whispering that, hey, maybe New York's the place to go. NBA plans to keep the playing games. Again, not my cup of tea. Uh, I think if you can't get it right by 82 games, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, I think the only way you do this is, uh... If the team that's in ninth is like is literally one game back from the eight, then you do it. I don't understand why a seven has to be in a playing game. If you're going to do multiple playing games, I think you do the ten versus the nine plays one game. The winner of that has to beat the eight seed twice to get in. That should be how it is. I, I really think. Um, but yeah, so they'll keep the playing games, I guess. LeBron returns next week. Good, you know. Like I said, Lakers will be fully healthy for the playoffs and... Uh, I fully expect them to be the favorites to win it all. Um, so now let's get a little favorites in each conference to make the finals. I really thought about the Knicks. And this, this, will ch- this can change again. I'm going to pick, you know, we'll do my favorites and we'll do the bracket once the playoff comes around in two and a half weeks' time. Right now I'm leaning Nets as my favorite because of if, when healthy. They have more health concerns than the Lakers in my opinion because these guys get frequently hurt. Kyrie sits out because he's a head case. James Harden's out for the year, out for the regular season. Who knows if he's in playing in round one. Kevin Durant gets hurt every other game. But if they're healthy, they're my favorites. So I'm going to expect them to be healthy. Sixers are right there on their tail. Got to be healthy as well, though. Then the Bucks, the Heat didn't do what they, I thought they were going to do. I thought the Heat were going to make it a big run, being a top four seed. Looks like they might be a playing game team. In the West, <clears throat> again, I know the Lakers will be healthy by playoff time. They're getting healthy. So Lakers be my favorites easily. Clippers 2, Suns 3. Might surprise you at 4, the, the uh, Trailblazers. Obviously, the Nuggets have dropped down to probably about my 6th 
favorites to come out. Jazz would be my fifth. I trust Dame and CJ more than I trust Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. So there we go. My favorites in each conference. Now, my updated top, 25, top 15 2021 NBA draft prospects will go one through five. And I think this will be the consensus. Maybe a guy jumps in from the six through ten group. But I think one through five will, will stay around the same until the draft comes around. One, Cade Cunningham, guard from Oklahoma State, can play the two, can play the one, the two, the three, whatever you need him to play. Jalen Suggs can play the one or the two from Gonzaga. Evan Mobley, the center, physically gifted athlete. Jonathan Kuminga, the four, can also, I think, can can handle playing the three. Going to be a tremendous pro. Jalen Green, the uber-athletic shooting guard, played in the G League. He would be my fifth. Again, I don't think this changes much. I do not think one through five changes much. There may be a couple guys from six through ten that could jump in, but I doubt it. So let's get six through ten now. Scotty Barnes, the guard forward from Florida State, can probably play four positions at six nine, six ten. Um, James Booknight, shooting guard from UConn. Unbelievable score. He's gonna be an unbelievable scorer in this league. Moses Moody, another guy I like a lot. Shooting guard from Arkansas, gonna be a score. Guard heavy. I only have two bigs, one legit center, two power forwards, and Kuminga can play the three. Um, and Kai Jones, who's my 15, can guard threes. He's that athletic. Um, Keon Johnson, another score from Tennessee, a shooting guard. Franz, Franz Wagner, the guard forward from Michigan at 10. At 11, point guard from Auburn, Sharif Cooper. At 12, Zaire Williams, guard forward from Stanford. 13, point guard from Tennessee, Jaden Springer. 14, Cam Thomas, shooting guard, LSU. And 15, like we said, Kai Jones, power forward out of Texas. <clears throat> All right, getting to a little soccer. So the whole Super League thing, huh? wasn't that crazy? That was nutty. I'm so glad I didn't go through. And who knows, it's still May someday. I think this thing's far from over. But I'm super happy it didn't go through. Just would have killed soccer, man. There's something about meeting in the Champions League when it's a, you know, you get a Real Madrid, Liverpool. It's, it's, there's something, I don't know, there's just something about it. Like, it's unique. You play them, you could possibly not see Real Madrid for five years and then you meet them in the Champions League. It's, like, great. To see that every year, twice, three times a year, I wasn't for it. And I'm very glad it didn't go through. I definitely wasn't for it. Pulisic becomes, or Christian Pulisic becomes the first American to score in Champions League semi. Benzema equalizes Pulisic's goal. Madrid and Chelsea go 1-1 draw after leg one. Chelsea getting away goal, though. Key. I thought Chelsea could have scored multiple goals. I thought that game felt to me 3-1 Chelsea. It felt 3-1 Chelsea. Ends 1-1. You know, there's games that feel a certain way. Um... I think Chelsea's going to get it done in the second leg. I really do. I think Chelsea's going to get to the Champions League final. Um, I think they'll win. I'm going to go Chelsea wins 2-1. They're going to win 2-1 at, at, uh, at home and get on the way to the Champions League final. Uh, second half City, two second half Man City goals give them 2-1 win at PSG. It was 2-1 Man City. It felt like it should have been 3-2 PSG. They dominated the first half. Chances on chances, they should have put two or three away. At worst, it should have been 2-2. Two, two. 
And actually, I don't know how I don't know how uh, Navas lets that De Bruyne go through anyway. At worst, it should have been two one PSG. Now you allow two away goals. Now you got to go out there and get a two zero, or you you know you got to go two zero, or you got to go two one, to at least get it to extra time. You know, you're gonna have to go two one at Man City now. PSG looked great early. Those first forty five minutes were tremendous, and they come out they came out flat in the second half. Um, in my opinion, they're gonna need because I think people are right though that PSG kind of fades a little. And people, were, I saw they were talking about today that maybe it's because of the competition. That Man City's so used in the Premier League having to go 90 minutes hard. Is PSG always going 90 minutes hard in League One? Couldn't tell you. I don't think so. It's definitely not as hard as competition as the Premier League. They're going to need to come out and get two or three goals early in that first half. And that first, I would say in the first 60 minutes, they need to already have their two goals and be 2-0. Or like I said, 2-1. Because, I mean, you get 2-1... You know, then you're tied 3-3, you go to the extra time. Then it's your, and you're, you know, you got the upper hand going into the extra time because if it was 1-1 extra time, you're moving on because you get three away goals. They're going to have to go out and score quick, and they're going to have to play really tough defense the rest of the game. Um, I think they can. They have firepower to go get two, three, four goals. Look what they did. They were able to do. They can get out and score, man. No problem. They could get two, three goals in a game. Two, three goals in the first half is is definitely likely. Not likely, but possible because of their explosiveness in that front three. So we'll see what happens. I can't wait for next week, though. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Barca wants DeLitt from Juve. Interesting. Juve uh, can probably get a lot for him, I'm sure. Uh, Barca wants 72 mil for Dembele. They also want to sign Messi to a three-year deal. Will he stay? I don't know. We'll go find out, I guess. Yeah, it looks like it could be a good end of the year. They have uh, the goal. They have the advantage now. I think they're down two points with a game in hand. They win their next game right now. They'd be on top of La Liga. Obviously, Champions League didn't work out for them. Um, but they played well. They played well lately. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Chelsea will listen to offers for Tammy Abraham. Want fifty six million for the young striker. Juventus ready to pounce on Donnarumma. That sounds very likely where he's going next. It'll either be Juventus or a Premier League team. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, Liverpool will pay $31 million release cost for Leipzig's Kanate. Love that. Kanate, tremendous young defender. I think that'd be brilliant to bring him in. Have him as the third defender. Probably time to move, move off Joel Matip. So, or you keep Matip and let Gomez go, but we'll see what happens. I definitely like him as our third defender, though. Uh, PSG and Neymar are close to extension. Cavani likely out at Man U. Will Ronaldo be in? I saw some rumors about this to where, you know, man, you would be maybe interested in a one-year Ronaldo come in and be the striker for a year. Uh, I'd be interested in that, too. It'd be good to see Ronaldo maybe right before he comes to America, plays one more year in the Prem. That'd be kind of sweet. Um, all right, combat sports headlines. Ryan Garcia withdraws from Javier Fortuna about to focus on health and well-being, says he will be, be back soon. So I don't know if it was mental health or what it was. It really, he really didn't go too in depth about it, but he is out. So I think that means he will prob he could possibly be forfeiting the WBC interim title. Fury says Canelo has never faced anyone like Billy Joe. Would agree. Uh, Floyd very similar. Would be like the the closest, but very different also there. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Billy Joe says he knows there's a lot of corruption surrounding Canelo. He's talking about judging and stuff like that. Kind of agree. I'm not going to lie. I kind of agree with him. 
Uh, Fury Joshua set to make 75 mil each for fighting Saudi. Wow. Big bucks in Saudi. Congrats to them, boys. I cannot wait. Get that, get that signed and done. We need to see that at late July, early August. Their, their hope is for late July right now. I hope so. We need to see it. Oscar, apologize. Oscar De La Hoya apologized for behavior during Mir. Cut him fight. Said he had a little too much to drink. No shit, Oscar. Maybe a little more than just a drink, too. Floyd and Logan will happen Sunday, June 6th in Miami on Showtime. $50 for the pay-per-view. I will probably be a buyer. I like that. St- I just like that stuff. I know, I know Logan's not going to touch him. Probably. But let's just see. It's a freak show. And Mike Tyson says he's boxing Lennox Lewis in September. Fight will be signed soon. A rematch from 2002. Mike Tyson lost. was finished. I think he was TKO'd by Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis says he's been getting ready to get in shape. I think Tyson hurts him bad. And here we go. Can't wait, actually. All right, so now we're going to get into some MMA headlines. Bunch to get into. Big fights, obviously. Um, wow, what a weekend it was in the fight game. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So we're going to get into PFL first. Pettis. Anthony Showtime Pettis loses his PFL debut to Clay Collard via unanimous decision, 29-27 on two cards, 29-28 on the other. Um, I did thought he lost. I would have went 29-27 because uh, I thought one of the rounds was 10-9. Um, second round, I think. Right? Yeah, second round was 10-9, I thought. Pettis nearly... So he catches him with a head kick and then drops him with a flying knee. And I don't know what Pettis was doing. He could have stayed separated and Collard was just grabbing for his life and trying to hold on. Pettis could have easily have just like kept his distance and started landing some big shots and just didn't gotten to the closed guard and that was it. It didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand what he was doing, but yeah, he loses this, you know, tough fight. Collard is a tremendous boxer. Oh my goodness, is he hit hard. Pettis' defense was not up to scratch that night. Surprised he didn't shoot for more takedowns though. I was very confused why he wasn't trying to get it to the ground where I felt that's where he'd have the advantage. But yeah, upset. And then Bubba Jenkins upset two-time defending PFL featherweight champion Lance Palmer. Via, dominant via unanimous decision. Ends his 11-fight win streak. Crazy first one at PFL. And obviously we have the second card coming tomorrow. Don't know why they did it on the draft. First round. Keep it on the Fridays. Keep it on the Fridays. Don't try to challenge the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, Brendan uh, Lofnane finishes Shamon Marais in round one, says, I told you I'm no joke. Is he the favorite to win the PFL featherweight title? Well, I'm guessing you're going to see Lofnane and Bubba Jenkins soon. So Lofnane looked good. First round knockout. So I figure out how it worked. In PFL, three points for a win. Four, six points if you get a first round finish. Five or three extra points. If you get a first round finish, two extra points if you get a second round finish, and one extra point if you get a third round finish. So potential six points. Lofnane got six. Big night for him. Uh, now to the UFC headline. Smith's, uh, Anthony Smith's leg kick earns him win over Crute. I don't know what happened. They haven't really said what's happened with Jimmy Crute's leg, but he kicked it and he couldn't put any pressure on it. He kept dislocating or whatever was going on there. Smith wins via TKO. Was not the freak accident like Weidman. He landed just a perfect kick. And again, Weidman snaps his leg versus Hall. Obviously not the way you want to win if you're Uriah, but you move on. You won the fight. Uh, Weidman did have, go through successful surgery. Good for him. He says he wants to come back. I hope he can make a full recovery and come back and, uh, you know, try to get some big wins. 
Uh, Shevchenko dominates Andrade. Uh, she, everyone talks shit on her wrestling, saying, "Oh, we see holes in her game now. She can't, you know, she can't stop a takedown." Okay, well here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna GSP and I'm gonna just take you to the ground and beat the shit out of you. I'll show you how good my wrestling is. Okay, yeah, just mauled Andrade. wasn't even close. Uh, Rose KOs Whaley or Zhang Whaley with a head kick in a minute. That was insane. I was that was crazy. I was so happy for Thug Rose. I love Thug Rose. Incredible head kick knockout and the main event. Usman KOs KO not TKO KOs. George Masvidal in round two. It was a brutal, nice setup. Nice little faint jab, right hand down the middle. Knocks out Jorge Masvidal. Makes a statement. Unreal. And obviously we're going to get into a little what's next and we'll, for each of these fighters and we'll, you know, we'll discuss. Masvidal says he will keep going, vows to get the title. Going to be tough if Usman's a champ because you can't sell a third one there. He'd have to hope that somebody else has the title. Jake Paul and Cormier get into verbal altercation at UFC 261. Jake wants an MMA striker next. I'm glad he said he wanted an MMA striker. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking... So he wants Nate Diaz. He wants... needs to talk about Woodley, Mike Perry. People might think I'm crazy when I say this, Okay. Um, so I saw this tweet that said, deep down, who are you most afraid? Who, who, how did it word it? Who do you, like, it's trying to, I can't remember how they worded it though. It was weird. So it's like saying, what MMA fighter do you, are you openly confident about, but inside you're not confident about beating Jake Paul? So, like, you tell people, like, oh, yeah, I think he would smoke Jake Paul. But in reality, and you think about it deep down, you're like, mm, would he, though? I don't think so. Nate Diaz is that guy. People are going to say, why? Well, first off, what Nate has been successful when facing smaller guys, in my opinion. What big guy did he beat? Like, I'm trying to think of a big guy. Like, a real big guy that he beat. Cowboy? Okay. He beat Pettis, Connor. Those are lightweights. You know? Those are natural lightweights, people say. I think Connor can make... It is a good feather. It could be a good welterweight, but... Natural lightweights. Jake Paul's 6'1", walks around at 210. 2'15". He is a big guy. He's much faster than Nate Diaz. I'm not here to say I'd fully pick Jake Paul. But it would not shock me at all if Jake Paul and Nate Diaz fought. It would not shock me if Jake Paul beat Nate Diaz. I don't think he could knock Nate Diaz out. But I think he could do some real damage to him and win on the cards. Um, you know, Nate's got two fights left on his deal. Um, I heard they're going to try to renegotiate the deal. After this fight, maybe Nate puts in his uh, his contract that hey, you have to you know you guys got to let me fight Jake Jake Paul. Maybe Nate should do that. Go get that paid. That's another big payday. Maybe Nate should say hey, you guys can you know be the promotion, be the promoter behind me like you were with Conor Floyd, and let me fight Jake Paul. I really think it could be interesting. I don't think Nate Diaz smokes Jake Paul, not for a second. 
Not for a second. Jake Paul's legit. I think Jake Paul's legit. And I know a lot of people want to say, well, I don't think he's... I don't, we, know he's, we don't know if he's good, but we know he's not bad. I think he's good. I think he's real good. And a lot of, bo- a lot of pro boxers... A lot of pro boxers, and people can say, oh, he's sparring bumps. No, not what I've been hearing. Not what some people have said. Pro boxers have said he's good. Pro bo- he's, he's timing speed and power is filthy. I'm just going to say that. Poirier says he's happy Connor made donation to the Boys and Girls Club of Lafayette, Louisiana. Doesn't understand the hate towards Connor. So Connor didn't end up donating to Dustin Poirier's charity. He donated to the Boys and Girls Club of Lafayette, Louisiana. People are hating as they think they can tell people where and who to give the money to, you go back and look, Connor's donated tens of millions of dollars to charity over the past five years. First off, shut the fuck up, because he can do whatever he wants with his money. He made that money. He earned that money. Okay, that's his. Was it maybe a little little mind trick at Dustin? Maybe. Who knows what Connor's doing? Who gives a shit? He can do whatever he wants, though, is what's funny. It's his thing, not you to tell him where to spend it or where to donate the charity. He can donate wherever he wants it. All right? Connor then sells a majority, sells the majority of Proper 12 for $600 million, will stay on as the face of the company and still holds shares, uh, shares in, the piece, in the business. I mean, Jesus. The guy's on, almost on his way to being a billy. A billy soon. A couple more fights. A couple more fights in a boxing match. He's a billy. Um, Adesanya will take on Vittori next in a rematch at UFC 263 on June 12th. Will be co-headlined by uh, Figueredo Moreno 2. Great card. Dana says they are moving off John Jones after $30 million demand. Will do Ngannou Lewis 2. Jones says I, you know, Jones denies asking for $30 million, but I saw his coach and his team ask for 50 So, yeah, you're right. You didn't demand 30 You demanded 50 So, Okay. It's interesting. Uh, Colby Covington says Usman and Maswell were retired before fighting him. Very interesting. I don't know. Um, so there's something came up about like, you know, is it going to be Covington, Usman 2 next immediately? Here's the thing. Daniel Cormier said this best. If I'm Colby Covington, I want to sign my bout agreement ASAP. I don't want to wait till May 15th when uh, Edwards and Diaz rolls around. Because he put it this way. And I agree with him 100%. If Leon Edwards wins... I do believe the UFC will give it thought to give it to Edwards, but I do believe they'll, tr- they'll try to go with Colby. If Nate Diaz were to upset Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz is getting the next shot at the welterweight title over Colby Covington. That's not even a question. That is 100% happening. And I'm sorry to, you know, to Colby Covington because I love Colby Covington. I think he deserves it. But if Nate were to win, they will do Nate Usman next. Um, so now let's do a little what's next. Jimmy Crute, uh, I said Ryan Spann would be the number one option. Just try to get, you know, once you're fully healthy. and then, Or maybe Volkan Ozdemir. Um, for Anthony Smith, I'd say uh, Dominic Reyes, Yuri Projasko winner, or Tiago Santos. Chris Weidman, recover and evaluate. We don't even have to worry about what's next for Weidman. He just needs to recover. Uriah Hall, I said Jared Cannonier or Derek Brunson. Either one of those great fights. Jessica Andrade, Cynthia Calvillo or Alexa Grosso, Valentina Shevchenko, Laura Murphy, Joan Calderwood winner, or Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena winner at 135. Uh, Jean Wei Lee, first off, I'd try to get the winner. I'd try to fight Rose again. If not, maybe 
Jan Iannanon or a Sparza winner. If I'm Rose, I would do Yoana 2 next or Wei Li rematch. Those would be the two I would do. Or she could also fight the winner of Jan and Esparza for new blood. could see that too. Jorge Masvidal, one, easy. Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz is back, ladies and gentlemen. He's gunning for an opponent. He was at UFC 261. Met with Dana White. He wants a fight. Go try to avenge your brother. Jorge Nick. I'd love it. If not for Jorge, if not Nick Diaz, the loser of Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz. A BMF rematch or a fight, a grudge match with uh, Leon Edwards. Kamara Usman won. Colby Covington should be the fight. Colby Covington is the only guy that can give Usman a, cha- a challenge at this division and I think has a chance, has the best chance of beating him. And I think I think he will beat him if they fight again. I think Colby Covington will beat Kamaru Usman. Next, though, if you don't do that, Edwards-Diaz winner. That's why Daniel Cormier said, and I agree, if I'm Covington, get me my fucking bout agreement as fast as possible because uh, I need this to happen now. So let's get into some MMA fight card predictions. Um... Okay, so PFL 2021-2 is tomorrow. Um, first bout on the card, Antonio Carlos Jr., UFC vet, went 7-5 and five in the UFC, has lost three straight, making his PFL debut, versus another UFC vet, Tom Lawler. Lawler went 6-5 and five in the UFC, uh, has lost two straight, making his PFL debut. Um, I'm going to go an upset here. Tom Lawler via... Round two, TKO. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Um, Emiliano Sorti, 22-8. and eight, Reigning PFL heavyweight champion. He's 6-1 and one in PFL. Taking on Chris Camozzi, UFC vet. Uh, mainly been kickboxing the last five years. Making his PFL debut. I'm going Sorti via round one KO. Um, welterweight bout. Uh, Zhao Zeferino, 20 Four nine four and one in PFL hasn't fought since twenty nineteen. Taking on Glayson Tebow, UFC vet, won his last two fights against former UFC fighters Will Brooks and Efron Escadero, making PFL debut. I am actually going to go uh, Tebow via. You, I'm going to go Tebow via unanimous decision. Um, Ray Cooper. Reigning PFL welterweight champion, 7-2-1 in his last 10, taking on Jason Ponette, 22-12-1, one three straight, making PFL debut. I'm going Cooper via UD. Unanimous decision. Main event, former UFC title challenger, former Bellator welterweight champion, making his PFL debut. My number 11 ranked welterweight in the world, Rory McDonald, taking on Curtis Millender, who went 2-3 in the UFC. He's 1-3 in his last four Making his PFL debut. I'm going Rory via round two submission. So then we can check out the odds. Uh, Rory is a minus 420 favorite. Millinder plus 335. Uh, Ray Cooper minus 700. Jason Ponette plus 500. Sorty minus 320. Camozzi plus 260. Antonio Carlos Jr., Minus 310, Tom Lawler plus 255, Glayson Tebow plus 130, Joe Zeffrano minus 150. Nice little parlay you could do 
Take one of the favorites. I would do Sortie with Lawler and T-Bow. Be a parlay. I don't know about it. So, okay, so it does show the opening odds. Roy started at minus 515. Ray Cooper started at minus 610. He's way up. Did T-Bow start as the favorite? He did. Clayson T-Bow started as the favorite. Tom Lawler. Okay, it's came down a little. All right. So we'll definitely, and we're going to come back to these odds uh, for the, my next week into the UFC predictions for Saturday's event. Good event. Really good event. Good fight card for a free one for an ESPN Plus fight night. Love it. So here we go. UFC fight night on ESPN 23. First bout of the night. Bantamweight bout. Marab. Don't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last name because I'm a butcher so bad. Everyone knows you, you, Marab. Everyone knows who Marab is. You know, uh, long go Jim, Matt Sarah's boy. He's won five in a row, beat John Dodson last August in his last fight. He's taking on Cody Stammen, coming off a loss to Jimmy Rivera, won two straight before that. I'm going to go Marab via decision. Middleweight bout. Good fight here. Uh, Sean Strickland, 22 and 3, won his last three, beat Brendan Allen last November, who's coming off, just got a win this last weekend. Um, uh, Christoph Jatoko won three straight, beat Eric, beat Eric Anders last May. I'm going Strickland via decision. It's going to be a war. Really good fight. Can't wait for that one. Um, Eon Kutalaba, 15 and six, two and three in his last five, lost two straight, had the little thing with Magomed and Kalaev where they fought once, the referee stopped it too soon, then they rebooked it three or four times because of COVID and they finally fought and he got knocked out. Taking on Dustin Jacoby, 2-0 in the UFC. One on the contender series to get in. I'm going Jacoby via round two TKO. I like this kid a lot. Kutsalaba gets hit too easy in my opinion. So I'm going Jacoby. Uh, featherweight bout. Cub, my number 15th ranked featherweight. Cub Swanson, 27-11. Two-fight win streak. Beat Daniel Pineda after being out a year since uh, beating Crone Gracie. Taking on uh, Giga Chikadze, who's 5-0 in the UFC. Massive step up in competition though. I am going Cub via round three submission. I'm sure he's a dog. But I'm going Cub via round three submission. Light heavyweight main event. My number five ranked light heavyweight Dominic Reyes. Two fight losing streak to Jones and Yawn after starting off 12-0. Taking on Yuri Perjaska who's on 11-fight win streak. 1-0 in the UFC. Beat Volkan Ozdemir via KO in his UFC debut. I'm going, I think Dom Reyes is going to get back to looking like Dom. Perjaska seems too wild for me. Reyes via round two knockout. So the odds for that one. Dominic Reyes is a plus 110 dog. Oh my goodness, this is a great, this is a great, uh, the last three are great parlays. So Reyes is a dog to Brzozowska, Swanson's a dog to G, uh, to Chikadze, and Dustin Jacoby's a dog to Kutalaba. You go Dustin Jacoby plus 120, Cub Swanson plus 145, Reyes plus 110. Nice little parlay. Nice little dog parlay. Is there any other good fights on this card that I like to bet on? And if you like Cody Stammen, who I think is a live dog, same as uh, Jatoko, Kristoff, I think they're both live dogs. They're massive dogs. Uh, Jatoko, plus 220. Stammen, plus 215. Massive dogs. They are massive dogs. Hell, you like to, if you like to really gamble, you could go underdogs the entire main card. And I would not be shocked if, if all five hit. Would not be shocked. I like those odds a lot. Okay. So now before we get into the NFL stuff, who would you take as your QB right now? Who would you take? 
Sam Darnold or Jimmy Garoppolo? Give me Darnold. I know he hasn't proved anything, but he's been playing for the Jets. Garoppolo's too injury prone. I will take Darnold. I think Darnold has a really high ceiling still. I'm going Sam Darnold. Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson? So Lamar obviously gives you that something with the running, but I think Dak is so much better of a passer, man. It's tough. This is a toss-up. Give me Dak. I'm staying with the Cowboys. I'm going Dak. I'd take Dak over Lamar. Carson Wentz or Danny Dimes? Listen, I understood that I was so hard on Carson Wentz because I did not think that he was good. You know, everyone was like thinking he's a top five quarterback. I said no. But now everyone thinks he's a bottom five quarterback. He's definitely not that, and he's definitely better than Danny Dimes. Give me Carson Wentz over Daniel Jones. Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins? I've always been a Goff guy. Um, God, I don't really like either. They're both middle of the pack in the NFL, in my opinion. Could rank them anywhere from 15 to 20. Give me Goff. I'll take Goff over Cousins. Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan? Uh, def- if, obviously, if we're going right now, I'm definitely going to go Stafford still. I think Stafford still has a lot more to give than Matt Ryan. Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson? Well, hell, Deshaun Watson might not be playing this year. If Deshaun Watson had none of this bullshit going on, it'd be easy. I think Deshaun Watson is definitely a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I'm going to take Josh Allen, though. So I answered as, just because of Watson's off-the-field stuff, I'll take Allen. If he had none of it, and who are you just going, who's a better quarterback? Deshaun Watson. NFL. Okay. So, Teddy Bridgewater was traded for a six-rounder today. Does that mean the Broncos don't take a quarterback? We'll see when we get there. Uh, Kyle Pitts says father or Kyle Pitts father says Jerry Jones will shock everyone on draft night. Does that mean Jerry's going to trade up to get Pitts? Good lord! Uh, Buccaneers did resign AB, and the Falcons have made Julio available. Which three teams outside of the top ten are most likely to trade up? One is definitely New England. Two, I go Washington. I think they have more assets, and then three Chicago. So here we go. The mock draft in this podcast. Um. So yeah, I got all the teams here. Um. I got the needs. It's pretty start off is the first three I pretty much have had locked in for a few days now. Who what I think what it, what I what I'm hearing and what I think will end up happening. So obviously, number one is going to be Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, um, easy pick. He's the best quarterback in this class. Now, if I did on what I would do, the Jets would be taking Fields because I think he is by far. The second best quarterback in this class. But they've been stuck on Wilson for a while. They're going to be taking Zach Wilson at two. At three, the San Francisco 49ers will select Trey Lance. Okay. So here's where, man, will the Falcons move? Well, here's the thing. Who's going to move for him? Because in my opinion, Denver now with Bridgewater and Locke, are you really going to take a third quarterback? And if you do, why would you trade up? Why not just see if one falls to you at nine? So the only cons- the only teams I could possibly trade up here are New England, Washington, and Chicago. All the way up to four, I could easily New England is possible, definitely possible to trade up here to seven or eight. I heard the Falcons want too much. He they're not going to trade up. So what I think this is the weird thing here about this. This is why Atlanta was tough for me because if they're really trying to move on from Julio, why are you getting pits? Because are you not going to rebuild? Are you not just going to try to let Matt Ryan, after this year, Matt, let, cut Matt Ryan? Because I think you can get, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll, free, it'll free cap space if you cut him next year. I think you got to take a big dead cap this year. So wouldn't you take a quarterback here? Right? I mean, I don't know. This is why the fourth pick is definitely the toughest. 
Because theoretically, I think they're taking a quarterback. If you're shopping Julio, what are you keeping Matt Ryan around for? But from what I'm hearing, if they stay put, they're taking Kyle Pitts. So Kyle Pitts goes four. I guess five has almost become a foregone conclusion too, which is shocking to me that they're not going to go tackle. They're going to go Jamar Chase. Six, the Dolphins. Um, they're going wide receiver. I've been hearing a lot. I've been hearing a lot. Um, it's Waddle. It's Smith. Um, I don't know. I've heard Waddle. I've heard Smith, and I can't decide. I'm going to say Jalen Waddle. For the first time in my mock draft ever, I have Jalen Waddle going ahead. Devontae Smith is on my last one. I don't know why I made me flip. I just feel like... I, and here's the trade. Here is the trade. The Detroit Lions and the New England Patriots. So I would be saying you're getting seven. You're going to have to trade this year's 15. You're going to have to trade your second this year. You're also probably... I'm just going to say you're going to give a first... A first next year and a second next year. You're probably going to end up having to give away another first. But I'm going to say this will work for now. So New England trades up to get their guy, Justin Fields. Okay? So Fields goes seven to New England. Now the Panthers on the clock. Makes it easy for them. This is a the guy they really want anyway. Panay Sewell. They need a tackle. So they get Panay. How about it? Um, at nine, the Broncos. So if you go to their needs, they're in the AFC West. Linebacker, quarterback, corner, cornerback, quarterback. Cornerback, quarterback. <laughs> um, Slater's an option here. I do not think they go Mac Jones. I think if they're going to want a quarterback, I've heard this anyway. If Denver wants, they know they're not getting... They know they're not getting Lawrence and Wilson. Out of the other three, they really want Lancer Fields. They do not want Mac Jones. So they're not going Jones here. I have them going linebacker, Micah Parsons. Okay? Cowboys, 10. I've had them picking the same guy the entire goddamn time. They will take Patrick Sertan, the corner from Alabama. Now the Giants on the clock. NFC East. Top three needs, wide receiver, linebacker, edge. If Parsons was here, I think they take him. I think they're going to go ahead and take Jalen Phillips, the edge out of Miami, at 11. That's who I've heard some rumblings about. They like Quiddy Paya, but they think Phillips is the most complete and has a, a pretty decent, I think, has the same upside as Quiddy Paya. I think the guy that has the most upside and ceiling is Gregory Rousseau. Phillips is good, though. Eagles makes it easy for them. They were going to take one of the three... One, the, whoever fell from the top three receiving court, they are going to take, so they get Devontae Smith. Uh, the Chargers, protect him, right? Protect Justin Herbert. You get Rashawn Slater at 13. Another trade. The Minnesota Vikings at 14. Moving down. We'll add a third this year. And a second next year. To move down five spots to Washington. Washington trades up 
and picks Mac Jones at 14. There's the trade. There you all go. Um, so now the Lions, what do they do here? Um, see, they're the NFC. Okay, so they need wide receiver, a corner, or a tackle. So I think in this spot at 15, you could say, hey, wide receiver so stacked, we'll get one in round two. They could go J.C. Horn. I think they're going to say, hey, let's give, you know, we picked a corner last year. Let's give our young corners a chance to grow. Let's protect Goff right now. You get Christian Derrishaw from Virginia Tech. That would be the smart pick here, in my opinion. Not the flashiest, but the right pick. Cardinals need corner. Do need interior alignment as well. Vera Tucker is still there. I think you go a little more on the defensive side here. They go J.C. Horn. Raiders are on the clock. Raiders need about, what, everything? <laughs> I mean, interior D-line, tackle, linebacker. You know, I said go get the middle of your defense. I would. This is what I would do. I would say, Gruden, go get the middle of your defense. Jeremiah Owosu, Koromoa. Okay? Dolphins back on the clock. I love what the Dolphins have done, man. They have built a lot. They're a good team. Um, you picked your receiver already. You got Jalen Waddle. Go get your edge rusher, Kawiti Pay. Easy pick there, in my opinion. So the Vikings, who are at 14, dropped to 19. They're going to get the same guy that I would have had them picking at 14, Elijah Vera Tucker. They need interior O-linemen. They also need interior D-linemen. I would go over on the interior O-linemen side first, though. So now the Bears are on the clock. What do the, ba- what do the old Bears do? You need a tackle. You need a receiver. You need a quarterback. You need a corner. Could the Bears go corner? They could go corner here. I'm going to have the Bears go Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. I know the injury concerns, but I like him a lot. And I think I heard a lot of people saying they're overblown They're overblown on the injury concerns. So I'm going to have them taking him, right? So now the Colts come back on the clock. They need a tackle bad. Uh, who are they trying to replace? Costanzo. Well, guess what? Tevin Jenkins sitting right here. Go get you Tevin Jenkins. There you go. Protect Carson Wentz. You can, I know people would say, hey, how about a receiver there? Receiver class is nice in the second and third round too. Um, so now the Titans are on the clock. Could go corner. You know, you could go Greg, uh, Greg Newsom here to replace Adore Jackson. I actually had them going wide receiver here and going Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU. Okay, and uh, so here are the Jets. Here are the old Jets. They could look running back, for sure. Would you want to spend a pick this early on a running back, though? In my opinion, no. You got your quarterback. How about you go get a guy who I think is one of the... He's prob, he, He's like I heard some people saying, he's not great at something, but he's good at everything. Go get him. Greg Newsom, corner out of Northwestern. Pittsburgh. They need, they need to go, in my opinion, you should go interior alignment. What I've heard, they're going running back. And I've actually heard, not Najee Harris, ETN. Why? ETN, who does ETN kind of remind people of? A little bit of Le'Veon Bell, huh? A little bit of Le'Veon Bell. Can catch out of the backfield and can run between the tackles. ETN is going to be the first running back taken is what I'm hearing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jacksonville, guy they fell in love with, they're for sure taking. Trayvon Morig, the safety out of TCU, he has separated himself from the pack in the safeties. He will go round one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, on the clock, Cleveland Browns. 
Okay, we well, got your edge settled out right, but then who did they just release Sheldon Rankins right? They're going to get Christian Barmore. D that D line is going to be filthy for the Browns, right? So now the Ravens are on the clock. What should the Ravens do? Do you go all offense? You have to go tackle, right? I got the Ravens taking a receiver here in round one. Rashad Bateman here at 27 to the Ravens. Go get another weapon. Unless you're going to end up trading for Julio, go get another weapon. And I don't think they do make the trade for Julio. Um, go get a weapon right now for, for Lamar, a bigger guy. Not You got Hollywood Brown, your speedster. Go get a possession guy now in Rashad Bateman. Saints on the clock, okay? So what? Corner, edge, wideout, linebacker. I got my guy in hand. I think they go Zayvon Collins. He's going to be he's gonna play on the outside, outside linebacker. That's who they get. They get Zayvon Collins. The Packers on the clock. I think this actually going to be the first year they're going to help Aaron Rodgers. They're going to draft. They're going to draft Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of Mississippi, to come and play there. Buffalo on the clock. They're going to go running back. I've heard they're they're pretty pretty set on taking Najee or ETN. You know, so they're going to get Najee Harris here at thirty. Baltimore. What'd you do? You drafted a receiver. You, you traded away Orlando Brown, right? Go get a tackle. Samuel Cosme is there. But do you go edge? No, you go tackle. I think you go tackle here. Samuel Cosme to the Ravens. And this is what this was great about the Bucks. They're going to be picking for really whatever they want the entire time. This is going to – all these picks basically are going to just be like, guys, they're going to be able to take like reaches on players for sure. They're going to be able to take reach on players, no doubt, 100%. So, uh, yeah, here they take Aziz Olajari at the edge, and I don't think this is a reach, but he could end, end up being a really, really good edge rusher for a long time. So, yes, I have the Buccaneers taking Aziz Olajari, the 32nd pick, and that is my – that's my mock draft. Um, that's my first-round mock draft. Uh, I cannot wait for the draft. I love the draft. Draft's my primary favorite time of sports. NBA draft, NFL draft. I love them. Love them both. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Podcast is obviously going to be, you know, it'll be out before the draft. And uh, hopefully you guys watch the draft. See you guys.